Hello, my name is Rita Balligan and you are listening to the Big Picture Podcast, a podcast where we dive deep into the minds of creative business owners and people who are striving in their careers. With every successful person, there is more than what meets the eye. There is a story, a bigger picture. And every week, I'll be finding out what that is, the how, the why, and when. Are you ready to be inspired? I am. Let's go. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Podcast. I hope all of you are doing amazing. I'm feeling great today, and I don't know if... I just woke up in a really good mood or it's the weather but I do know that last week I was feeling a bit like blah because the weather was just so blah so I think I've got one of those things where the weather kind of affects your mood I think it's called sad sad I can't remember but um, I'm feeling really great today Um, I'm just excited to be here and my guest is super 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 amazing and I know that I say this all the time but like I said I've got great taste and I have great great conversations with great people so um, I I don't have a word of the day because like I said last episode, I'm not going to do the word of the day anymore because I just felt like you guys weren't appreciating it. But I do have a thought. So I don't know if a lot of you know this, but I went to New York when I was 17 years old to study acting. And it's a bit mad as a 17 year old to just decide to go to New York to study something. At this point, I hadn't even been to New York before. I didn't know what it looked like, but... I was just so, so fearless. Like I just felt like that's what I had to do. I wanted to act and I had to be in New York and I had to be in a drama school and I just didn't take no for an answer. And um, I was thinking about that a lot this week because I feel like um, often as adults, we get really scared about things. And, you know, you there might be like, I don't know, like an idea that you may have and you just start thinking of all these adult things like, oh, what if it doesn't work? Oh, what if it's too expensive? Or what if um, people make fun of me? Or you just have all of these questions. And for me, that's how I've been feeling recently. Like I've been feeling like kind of scared about things that I want to do, like, you know, and my friend just reminded me that I need to go back to that 17 year old who was fearless and didn't know what New York was going to give to me, but knew that that was the way I had to go in order to get closer to my dreams. So I guess my thought of the day today is just be fearless. Like it's either it's going to work or it's not going to work. But if you just sit down thinking about it, it's never going to happen and you're going to be angry at yourself. And that's the place that I was at. You know, like when you do stuff, you can blame when you can blame other people. It's one thing. But when you know that you are the reason why things are not happening because you are not doing the things that you're supposed to do. Listen, that anger is different because you're angry at yourself. So in order to not be angry at yourself, if you've got an idea, you've got something that you want to do. How about you just give it a go? Just try it. We've got a few months left in the year. Just give it a go. Like, don't think about is it going to work? Oh, do I need more money? Just just jump, literally. Just just go for it. So that's my thought of the day. I hope that resonates with you. Um, moving swiftly forward, I want to talk about my guest, who I feel has done exactly that. She's created an incredible magazine. She's just done it. Um, she, everything she does, every time I describe her, I describe her as someone that does things to perfection. Like if you've ever had the honor of being at her event, 
is everything is on point like it's just immaculate and it's so inspiring it makes me not want to do things half-heartedly because you just feel like everything she does she's thought about it she's planned it and you literally feel like you're a millionaire and you've just been invited to this really posh 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 event so it's none other than Ruth Afolabi did I say it right yeah, you yes I did <laughs> how <laughs> are you today good thank you love. thank you so much thank for having you me. so much <laughs> for coming I imagine that you've got loads to do so I'm really glad that you're here with us today thank you so much good um i'm just gonna get right into it like i always do and i guess my first question is who is ruth and when i ask that i literally mean like what is your journey because i i know a bit about it but i want to start from like the beginning because i always feel like people's beginnings is kind of what molds them into who they are so who is ruth um, so to go right back to the very beginning, so I was born in Nigeria, mm-hmm. moved here when I was six months old. Mm-hmm. Um, and my parents, I think a lot of people often say things in your childhood shape you. I have incredible parents. And I think more than anything, what they instilled in my brother and I wasn't just um, showing us faith through their life, but also in empowering us that we could be anything that we put our minds to Mm -hmm. um they always like encourage us to work hard like you know don't just sit there dreaming and hoping that you're going to be doing this but always would support anything that I wanted to try so whether it was the piano or violin or I started using computers when I was like four years old Mm -hmm. I remember like my dad's apple computers athletics tennis and I think just that um I guess curiosity about the world is something that has stayed with me, but definitely from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also being Nigerian, like yeah. the hustler spirit, as you yeah. all know, <laughs> um, was something that just, you know, I started my first business when I was seven, which was selling friendship bracelets wow. in school. It wasn't profitable at all because like <laughs> my child minder would help me and it would take me like three hours and I'd sell them for like a pound. So it yeah. wasn't at all a profitable business. But I think from that young age, I was always encouraged to like try new things mm. um, and never, failure was never something that it was like seen as a bad thing in our house it was just like you know you try something it might work for like three weeks then you go on something else mm-hmm. um so I think looking back a lot of that has like shaped my journey now mm-hmm. um we moved around a little bit so I lived in Lincoln I lived in Leicestershire mm-hmm. um and I think one thing that I've also seen through my journey is always embracing the fact that I'm different mm-hmm. um so particularly like when I lived in Lincoln a lot of friends at school they'd never even seen a black person so I remember at school they'd kind of be like trying to wash off my skin but not in like um at all a racist way it was just like they literally had never seen a black person like in their entire life but I always was comfortable with the fact that I'm really different and actually saw that as like a unique selling point Mm. rather than oh gosh there's no one like me here yeah yeah um and then the last thing I would say that really shaped my journey was going to an all-girls school so it went to the first all-girls school in the country Mm. um which has been around for like 150 years and I guess now people have often asked like how have you had the courage or do you ever feel that being a woman kind of might make things harder and honestly I think from school I never ever thought about that we Mm. always obviously were the only people there so always assumed like we could do anything and so I never it's never even crossed my mind that being a woman would hold me back in any way um which I think has as well given me a passion to see other women empowered um which I think is really important in today's world wow that is really really interesting I've never really heard anyone's perspective in terms of like going to a girl's school it's always been like oh 
it was yeah, bitchy. Yeah, was this, exactly. Yeah. And all that stuff. But actually, it's so true. When it's just you guys, you're not thinking, oh, we yeah. can't achieve this. It's like everything is within yeah. reach in a sense where you know that if I put my mind to it, yeah. Because there's be able even to do it. in our school anthem, there's a line where we would literally scream called, I'll fear not what men say. Mm-hmm. And like, if you've been singing that since you were like five or 11, it was always like when I went to uni, that was like the strangest thing for me where yeah. you'd be in a lecture or like a seminar and you'd be talking and either a guy would just interrupt and yeah. you're like, oh I'm, I'm sorry did you did you not hear that I was yeah talking? I was talking <laughs> or what some men do which is a woman will make a really great point and they'll make a point that's the same point that you've made yeah it's like every, everyone heard what I had to I say just said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I think yeah in that it's always been I'm so grateful that I had that from such a young age because yeah. um, it's meant that yeah going into the world as a black person as a woman yeah. I've never felt that people might not take me seriously or I might be restricting opportunities I can only be who I am and Mm. I will embrace that to the best I can yeah wow so you studied politics yes right (laughs) what first of all what made you decide to study politics because you're not doing politics now Um, so how did that come about so I think for me the idea of like change in society as cheesy as that sounds was always important Mm -hmm. but going at school I was the only black girl in my year so I remember being in politics lessons and one looking around and seeing there's no diversity and two then we'd be given the stats of like how many black people are in parliament how many women Mm -hmm. and I was like this is just ridiculous and then (laughs) I watched this um, Ross Kemp is that his name the Sweeney Standards yeah this documentary on knife crime and a lot of what people were saying is like they don't see anyone representing their interests in Mm. the House of Parliament Mm. and it just really struck me that like often as minority groups it's easy to get very stressed and agitated when we're we don't feel like our interests are being represented Mm. but then also sometimes there are things that we need to say to ourselves that we, we're not always a victim in every situation yeah. but I feel that whenever that's said from somebody who's not part of that group you're seen as being racist and mm. I was like two there is racism in society there's yeah. a lot of institutional racism in a lot of industries that needs to be tackled yeah. and you need people at the table who understand the issues and challenges that we face mm. but equally there are certain things that we do that don't help ourselves yeah. where we also need leaders to speak and speak to those issues without right. it seeming like it's being racist yeah. so representation was a big reason why I went studied politics but then realized that for me the pace of change was not be something that as yeah uh, <laughs> the passion is just not yeah I get it, it just wasn't gonna work yeah. so after the first three weeks I realized it wasn't for me but yeah. my parent and I'd be like to my parents oh my friend dropped out and they're like that's wonderful for your friends but you, you'll be staying here till 2010 <laughs> um which I think to kind of look at my journey the one thing that I am grateful for is I think particularly as millennials we have a thing of like there are so many opportunities and like if something doesn't work for you, you like just on. move on yeah and I think doing something that I literally disliked besides when I did my dissertation on Obama yeah um was actually a good lesson for life that mm. even when you get to do the thing that you're passionate about there's still going to be aspects of that that you don't enjoy and that's yes. just life yes. Um, yes so yeah looking back although I don't remember anything that I studied yeah. I think it was <laughs> a good lesson in yeah the discipline of doing things that you don't always enjoy that is really really important what you just said because some people they would say um i don't want to do this nine to five because i want to have my own business and i hate this nine to five because this is you know they have their reasons for i don't want to do a nine to five or whatever and i've actually i've had people say to me i don't want to do a nine to five because i just don't like working for people and i don't like to be controlled and what's really quite hilarious about that is that when you have a business like there's still areas of the business that you are not going to like and actually you 
you almost end up serving the people yeah. who work for you. Yeah. So you think you are telling them what to do, <laughs> but then they're almost telling you what to do. Mm. And it's like, it doesn't stop. And mm. even within like my business, I'm sure mm. that you can relate. Like there's some bits I do not like. Like I was saying mm. to you earlier, like I do not enjoy answering the phones. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't have the patience for it, but it still has to be done. So mm. I'm not going to say, oh, well, I don't want to sell on anymore <laughs> because I really do not like answering the phones and clients, like asking me so many questions and this, that, that. But it's part of it. Yeah. So even in business, there's going to be parts of it that you don't like so that lesson is so important to be like listen there's going to be some things that you don't enjoy but that's not a reason to stop doing it you just have to carry on carry on and I think as well I learned it the hard way where to be fair like my parents are very amazing couple but very different I was very logical my dad is like me vision 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 we'll think about details in a while and when I left my job um freelancing so I was being paid like three days work to produce a magazine for a client good money for what it was and gave me like proper income but also meant I had the flexibility because it was three days mm-hmm. but I was like same thing that you know I just feel like I need to go and do magpie full time yeah. I literally was living on like 30 pounds a week wow. and I remember once going to a meeting with this lady where it was like two hours from my house on the train complete other end of the line so got there I had like five five pound 75 in my account so I was thinking oh I hope we're going to like a Starbucks because I know I can kind of get like a sandwich or something for three pounds bearing in mind I've already left my house two hours ago so by this time I'm like completely starving yeah and then she's like oh I'm just gonna we're just gonna go to like a family run place because there was not like many businesses here where they obviously took cash only I was then like oh gosh actually I'm just not really feeling well because I was like are you good now come, gonna come to this important meeting if you say that you only have five pounds yeah. 75 this is about maybe 2014 wow so she was like oh but do you mind if I eat I was like oh no go ahead oh. so already two hours you're now starving she's now eating in front of you oh. it was still another two hours to get back home oh my God. and looking back at that I obviously like laugh now and like you appreciate the lessons and God's blessings but I think often when our generation is very much like I can't do a nine to five looking back on my journey I know that like there are certain things that I've sacrificed that maybe I didn't necessarily need to sacrifice had I been a bit more like humble about the Mm. journey rather than obviously it's been God's will that I'm supposed to be where I am now but I rushed it six years ago I thought I'm supposed to be running Magpie full-time now and actually it was six years later that that was supposed to happen so I think yeah I always even though some of my journey is like very hard, I guess I try to encourage people that even if it takes 11, 12 years for your journey to come to a place where you can work full time or where you think it should be, in those seasons, like don't leave a season too early because Mm. we get, as human beings, we get so impatient. Yeah. um, yeah. When often we pay a price that we don't necessarily need to be paying. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really deep. Yeah, it's so true. Um, Let's get into Magnified. So how did, so you went from politics. Yes. And then you started to get into fashion. I know you worked for Burberry. So what was that journey like from politics and then into fashion? So um, I started Magnify. So to go a bit back, so grew up in a Christian family. My parents are very committed Christians. But Mm -hmm. between 2005 to 2007, I lost three people in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just really completely shook my idea of faith. Like, And I felt that a lot of the way that Christians kind of portray their faith sounds 
a little bit simple-minded like when you're mm. talking about tragedies and the reality of life and people are like god is loving i'm like that's wonderful but have you just said heard what i said has mm. actually happened so went to first went to durham first term and just really enjoyed the student life boys drinking everything in first term and then came back in second term and felt like a light just switched on in my head and i realized that a true relationship with god couldn't be dependent on whether things just went well because mm. life is Happens, reality yeah. um so very quickly had a passion to kind of share faith in like an engaging and creative way with friends who either were skeptical or maybe just had had very bad experiences so Mm. we started off initially as events and then realized that actually a lot of the stuff that we were sharing for a lot of women this was the first time that they'd ever heard about that and sitting in an event can be quite an intense environment yeah and so that was where the kind of it initially started off as a pamphlet just as like 12 pages for the women who mm. came to our conference then developed into like a full-on 80 page magazine wow. and so for me I say that I almost got into fashion or this completely by mistake I never sat down to think I need to do a magazine or I need to do fashion it was then I was like right we can't just have it be a book we need to kind of have like pictures that represent mm. and then the more that we did that the more I was like oh we kind of need clothes for the shoots we need like a photographer yeah. we need a makeup artist and so even even the way I then ended up in L'Oreal and Burberry kind of aided the journey in a way I didn't expect. So L'Oreal, I'd actually applied um, to do an internship. They do like them in uni and they invited me for an interview, but they never contacted me again. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is weird. I've never heard back for the interview. Um, But I was like, you know, maybe I just wasn't supposed to get an internship there. Then a guy had the very first issue. It's basically like the pre-issue one and was at a meeting with the head of HR for L'Oreal. He just happened to show her this magazine and she was like, this is amazing. Like, who is this person? I think she thought I was like a manager. She didn't realise I was just finishing uni. So he gave her my contact details and basically I got offered um, it's like their paid year-long internship off the back of doing the magazine wow Um, so did that for a few months and again I think a lot of things look shiny and exciting and then you do them it's like okay this reality is a bit different (laughs) um but then with Burberry again it was that a lady who had helped me with an event I knew that she worked there so I was like oh like do you have any internships or any like work experience and so started off doing like I don't even think it was paid actually to start with and then she basically created a job for me um but in that I will always say like I've never applied for any job in my life but with that it was also learning so much about production and like if you look at like the standard of L'Oreal and Burberry you were really kind before to say about like how I'd like to do things I think being in these big companies Mm. even though I was such a small fish I just learned like wow the reason these companies have existed for so long is like excellence is like a fabric of absolutely everything they do Mm. Um, and I think with me what I loved about being in fashion was just like the craftsmanship that goes you know Burberry trench coats they'd always say it's like 700 people or something like involved in every single trench coat um and just that level of detail and excellence mm. was something that I really loved about being in fashion and then for me I took that with magnified like fashion is such an amazing way to like engage people in a tool mm. for communicating a message and why don't I then take that with the message of magnify and marry the two mm, which makes so much sense yeah so how did you even because obviously from doing like a pamphlet to yeah. a magazine it's yeah. completely different yeah. so how did you like transition from that like to create an 80 page yeah. 
magazine like I'm sure it's expensive like it sounds like a lot <laughs> so I think firstly it was that we um so to talk about how we even had the funding to do yeah. the 80 page so again I just feel like I speak about faith a lot as a person of faith, but God gives you things when you're also ready, whereas mm. we often feel like we're ready now. Yeah. So when it was time to organise the conference, obviously like I had no money, but I had like wanted like chandeliers from the ceiling, all of that. <laughs> and there just wasn't any funds to do that because obviously yeah. the only funds we were making were from ticket sales, mm-hmm. which we all know doesn't come from anything. Yeah. Um. So one of the ladies who was volunteering at the time, she was like, oh, her grandma, she told her grandma about her idea and her grandma at this time was like 80 years old. Mm. But her grandma was like, oh, she really wants to support just because it was her granddaughter yeah this literally went on for like 12 months so obviously by like the week of the conference I was like I don't know where this woman is but like let's not worry about it we'll just have to make do with what we can yeah and then the woman wrote us a check and was like I'm so sorry this is all I can give and I meant to give it before but here is a check was a check for 10,000 pounds but because we had got it I think we actually got it on the Friday in the conference on Saturday because we got it so close obviously it meant that I couldn't have spent it doing all the extra things I wanted to for the conference so when we started developing the pamphlet that was how we even had the money to do it as 80 pages because I would be like okay 12 pages you can't really get anything in and just because of my aesthetic I was like it needs a front cover it needs like pages that don't have any text on it so obviously within 12 pages you'd hardly got any information so that's how it kept developing and developing and I now see obviously the magazine is what people know us for but it was never ever something the reason I will never take credit for the magazine is it's never something that I sat down and was like I have this grand plan it was literally just every step of the way being faithful with what God has asked me to and then he would open doors at the right time whereas obviously if I'd got that £10,000 before yeah you would have used it yeah. on the <laughs> on everything I can't believe she was like oh it's just yeah. all I have <laughs> like what and it was the fact that it taken 12 months I was almost like semi-irritated because yeah. I was like and you know we've been waiting for this for a while now yeah. and I was like all you could give I was like may I receive such blessings that that <laughs> listen I will wait 12 months for that 10k check that is fine no worries wow that is amazing yeah. so when did you realize that you want it because I've got I've you know I'm a fan of Magnify and it's just so detailed interviews and as a startup or as someone that's new especially in that kind of industry you get really solid people in your magazines like solid stories like how do you even go about approaching the people that you want to be in your magazine so I think when it first started I'm trying to remember the first interviews that was probably the hardest the very first issue because obviously no one had seen what it looked like exactly it sounded half weird like you're trying to do faith-based but fashion yeah I don't really know (laughs) so probably the first issue was hardest and um a lot of people it was just through people that I'd met or that I knew. And I always say I am never, ever scared to email people because mm. I always say the worst that they can do is either not reply or just say no, yeah. in which case life continues in both those circumstances. Um, so I would always just be on the lookout for people whose journeys were interesting, who spoke about their faith in like an engaging and relatable way. Mm. Um, and obviously, like the more that magnify has progressed the more people know about it and then the more people that either people will be like oh this is an amazing story have you heard about this person or people that like I've read into them in media and realized that they're a Christian I'd be like oh wow that's an amazing person to contact and as you know I will always try absolutely every avenue to try to get an interview um but then I think like in some cases there are also just 
yeah there's a thing about focusing on what you can do and letting Mm. god do the rest Mm. so obviously you know the story of how we got letitia right Mm. was because we were basically on like a hiatus for a year because i was getting really frustrated i was like this just feels really difficult and then we got an email the week after black panther came out um from a friend of hers saying that she was a big fan of the magazine and for me i would have never known that because we'd been on a sabbatical i'd never even heard that to be honest I hadn't really heard of her before Black Panther Mm. um and I think that just shows like when you focus on what you're supposed to be doing you never know the results whereas I think in today's world we're very very obsessed and preoccupied with like is someone liking us on Instagram Mm. do we have enough followers whereas to me it's not you can have like a million followers and if they're not really engaging with what you're doing Mm -hmm. that's not as important whereas when you stick to the vision even if it's like right this is going to be a 10 20 30 year journey to get to where you want it to be you never know who is being impacted by what you do Mm, yeah yeah Mm. yeah that's so true and it's so funny you said that because one of my friends told me a story just the other day and it was just this idea of like people are watching even mm. when you don't know completely and you just have to keep on working Mm. because if you do get caught up in oh so-and-so didn't engage oh this didn't happen and you don't do it anymore and it's like someone is watching and they're watching are they consistent oh is it this is it that oh is it as good as the last one oh let me wait for the next one to see if it's before i get involved or before i contact them but it's like you just have to keep going because you would have never known that at all letitia was into it do you know what i mean and just the way it all happened it all came together you know it just happened so it's like you just have to keep working so when so you were saying that it was getting quite difficult what was getting difficult about doing it so one I think so I'm 31 now I've run magpie since I was 19 Mm -hmm. um for me I think it was not having a separate identity to magpie so it's one anytime I was introduced it's oh this is Ruth and people are like oh magnify or you're the magazine girl yeah um and I felt I've seen so many leaders in my life a lot older who they're so wedded to their vision Mm. that if someone rejects them or like, if I even look at churches, if somebody leaves the church, it's like, you don't want to be completely devastated because you see it as a rejection of yourself. So Mm. I was like, this has been an amazing journey so far, but I would never want it to come to the point where I have no identity outside of Magnify. Mm. Two, we've always run on volunteers. And as a leader particularly if you lead a business or you lead a social project, people are what make your vision go, but they're also what can break you in in so many ways. I think for me, it was always like, you know, you invest in people, you invest in the relationships and obviously people move on. But it's, for me, it was often when people like, they leave in a way that they either ghost or it just feels very stressful Mm -hmm. on the way out. Um, I think I just you just feel so battered and bruised because as a leader you don't really have the space to like share that with so many people and I can Mm -hmm. imagine like you as a business owner when you're going through hard times you're not necessarily going to be going to work in the staff meeting be like guys I feel like giving up because obviously people are like I don't know why I'm here then yeah exactly (laughs) I learned that the hard way actually (laughs) um so I think for me that was a lot of it was just feeling like this is so lonely Mm -hmm. and then also just financially like 
putting so much I was not even ever earning that much but putting so much of my own money and then like always taking breaks because it's like in between issues we were basically trying to like fundraise for the next issue which is really stressful because then you're working with people who are like oh when's the magazine gonna be out you're Mm, like yeah it will be out soon (laughs) Soon. yeah yeah one day it will be yeah 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 Uh, so I think for me I just felt like you can't really plan and you can't motivate people in this kind of manner Mm. um and yeah I think just so often we see things on Instagram that just look so exciting, but we never know people's journey. Yeah. Um, and obviously platforms like Instagram are not really built to be saying, oh, life is so difficult. Yeah, I feel like yeah. giving up this business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was just mentally, I was finding it so draining. I guess that's why I'm so passionate now about speaking to other founders and business owners yeah. about people being open about their journeys. Yeah, because it's, it's just, it's a lot of mental pressure to yeah. be carrying anything. It's, it's mental pressure for you because I don't I've never really heard anyone who runs a project they really believe in be like oh I switch off like you know I go on holiday for four weeks of the year and I just don't think about my no that (laughs) that that doesn't yeah even on honeymoon I obviously tried to like not really be checking on emails but like once every two days once a day I would still have to check up on we're not at the size where I can go away for three weeks and and then then everything will still be intact when I come back yeah um so I think for me, yeah, just the mental pressure I was finding, like, I need a break. Otherwise, this is going to break me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how did you get out of that? Because I know, like, what you said, I can relate to it yeah. so much. It does get to that stage where you're just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this is actually a lot. A lot. And you want to kind of hit that pause button yeah. and just be like, no yeah. more. And then it's easy from that stage mm-hmm. to just... Oh, I kind of like this relaxed thing. Let me go on to something else. Was the drive and force the fact that you still, you want to empower women, you want to um, allow people to know the faith and stuff like that. Was that your drive and force to say, do you know what? I can't never do this again. I have to keep on going. So that was part of it. And I think actually having a break gave me perspective where I was like, this is what I feel I've been created to do. Mm. But when you're just go, 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 you can't ever take time to be like, well, I actually feel very blessed and grateful to get to run this, mm. but I needed that break. Um, Cause I think when you have a break, it just, you come back to things with fresh eyes. Mm. I realized, right, it hasn't been working the way we've been doing it. What the vision can't change. Mm. And then I guess even things like the email from Letitia's friend, those things will, I feel like God often drops reminders to be yeah. like, I've still got you. I've still got this vision. Yeah. And so I think for me, it was like, actually when I took my hands off it seeing that opportunities were still coming I was like wow I don't need to literally run it in a way where I run myself to the ground um and again speaking from a faith perspective I felt like when I started Magnify it was very much like almost like God as a father and me as his daughter doing Mm. this together and Mm. then I felt I got to a point where I was like you know thanks God it's been wonderful I'll take it from here and then literally try to do everything in my own strength whereas having that break I was like okay that's not a sustainable way I'm 29 I don't want to feel like I'm like 60 years old already um and then this last thing was probably I read the book by Jack Ma of Alibaba mm-hmm. and he said that he'd always talk to his staff about building a company that'll be 102 years old mm-hmm. at least so that it stretches across a century. Wow. And so he was like, what are you doing with your organisation or your business? That means that it's actually going to be here. It will outlive you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing like our generation there's so much that we do better than like any other generation but I think I would often and my husband always say like babe just focus on like 
what you're supposed to be doing at the moment other opportunities might come your way in the future but you can't do 600 things at once yeah and so I think for me it was a thing of stay the course stay the course that you're Mm. on whereas yes I might see like you know somebody started an organization last month and it's already got 10,000 followers that's Mm. wonderful for that person and that's part of their journey Journey, yeah but like my journey I need to focus on like I want magnify my great-grandchildren I want them to still be hearing about magnify which if I do the kind of 600 million power pace that I'm doing now it won't even make it to my 40s um so I think yeah just having the perspective of like I have all these dreams and aspirations for magnify but it doesn't literally need to happen today Mm. just took a lot of pressure off of me yeah 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 I relate to that so much because I'm like that where it's like I get an idea and it's like I need this to happen tomorrow like it needs to happen right now like I used to with this um, salon oh I've got a photo shoot okay this has to happen in two weeks time and suddenly I'm like rushing around touching money that I shouldn't be touching saying oh what will come back yeah got to do the shoot yeah Yeah, model oh rushing the hair rushing everything and sometimes it works and the shoot turns out amazing but then what started to happen is it wasn't turning out amazing anymore and I'm just wasting money like I remember one of the shoots that we did I spent so much money on it, like just on the venue, mm. just where we shot was so expensive. Mm. And I promise you, I do not like <laughs> any of the images really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was just such a big waste of money yeah. because I was rushing it. Yeah. So now I'm very much like, do you know what? I'm going to take a few steps back yeah. and I'm just going to take my time with things yeah. and not also not perform for people yeah, actually like because people have this pressure yeah. that they put on you and then you feel like i need to show people yeah. that raging is still popping yeah. and actually i don't care if you think yeah. we're popping <laughs> like i need to know that we're actually a sustainable business yeah. and we don't just look like yeah. we're a sustainable business but yeah. we're actually sustainable yeah. for real so i think the idea of you like stepping away yeah. and i've heard a lot of people actually yeah. um i had william on the podcast oh, yeah. um a few a months ago yeah. and he did the same thing that that idea of um stepping back yeah. and i've seen a lot of people who they step back yeah. and that break yeah. i think he was on a break for like a year as well yeah. and people didn't know yeah and he came back and it's just, yeah. do you know what I mean? And like, you've come back and it's yeah. like, boom, Letitia writes on the cover and it's like, whoa, like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's important as creatives mm. to just take a step back yeah. and go into hiding, like, mm. and just go into this quiet time to just figure things out, you know, and think. Because I think you know? what you said is so true about performing for people. Because yeah. I think particularly as a creative, in a sense, our relevance is only as much as the last thing we've created. So if it's like, oh, you did something two years ago, it's like, oh, that person's disappeared. What yeah. happened to what them? Happened to them? <laughs> yeah, are they, are they still doing it? Like, what happened? And it's like, I'm still here. Like, I'm just not doing what I did before, yeah. you know. And that is pressure, Definitely. you know. You constantly feel like you have to show people yeah. that you're still relevant, that you're still important, that you're still worth investing Mm. into and it's actually a thing of actually if social media wasn't there you would just be doing the work so just allow yourself to do the work and you know the fruits will speak for itself you know so and that's kind of like with you because not only are you doing magnify you've written a book as well which is all about like purpose (laughs) and stuff like that with your husband like how important is it because when when did you you said you know that for now you know right now that your purpose is with magnify and it's empowering women and all of that stuff when did you realize that that was your this is my purpose and how important is it to actually know what your purpose is i would say pretty much once i had the vision and did the first event i was like wow i feel that everything leading up to my life whether it's 
being in an environment of all women, like there was a trailblazing environment, being in a house of faith, but where faith wasn't pushed upon us, it was more my parents lived out their faith and that inspired me whether it was always being passionate about communication and creativity and then the door opening to work at L'Oreal and Burberry um so I think for me it just always made sense that that was it was very clear mm. but even this morning my husband and I were talking about how with our generation so Love Island I did love it oh, I love but it. <laughs> with um our generation particularly the generation coming up behind us mm. I feel like purpose your own individual purpose seems less interesting because society tells you that like this is the way to have influence and to get money quickly and mm. I just feel that that only works for some people there are only some people like the influences that we even see they're probably a like one percent percentage of the people trying to do that and mm. if we're all trying to chase something because we think that's the way to be successful mm. we'll actually end up missing our own purpose yeah. and I was even talking to a friend on Friday night she's a nurse in mental health deals a lot of dementia patients mm -hmm. when you see that she's actually come off social media because she was saying that like the challenge when you do a job like that it's like everyone's life looks really exciting and you're mm. trying to be like oh what's exciting about my day and yeah. she's like you're not going to be instagramming like the patients who are 70 with dementia yeah. Yeah. and there's no way to kind of make your job look cool even mm. though it's so needed and you're and doing so such important. an amazing job yeah. and the way like she's advanced in her career so quickly recently like even directors of other wards are like coming to see the work that she's doing as like mm. best practice for hospitals in her region mm. and I was saying to her you're actually an influencer and walking in purpose where mm. you've been placed you're not supposed to be doing what other people are doing yeah. and so I think for me purpose is just so important because like even when I got married I took four months off social media because mm. I think it's so easy in our generation to get carried away watching other people's lives consistently mm. and then thinking like oh you know this person released a webinar series I've got to release a webinar series mm. now because this could make me loads of money or this person they quit their job I need to quit my job even yeah. though I have no savings because yeah. it worked for that person yeah. and I feel that we're then just kind of always chasing our tails whereas mm. we'd actually find peace and contentment where when you find what you're supposed to be doing in this season mm. and the reason I say in this season is I think we get overwhelmed also thinking like my whole life purpose you know what I'm doing now could be different when I'm 40 or when yeah. I'm 50 but having peace that we're doing what we're supposed to in this season is just mm. why I'm so passionate about it because I just think all the messages we see from society tell us the opposite tell us that like purpose and real influence is found only in this way if everybody mm. knows that this is what you're doing yeah. rather than we need people in every industry influencing building relationships that make an impact mm. um there's not space for us all to be doing this Same one thing, thing which we yeah. see yeah mm. yeah exactly yeah. and it's just that's important yeah. like the fact that because i feel like mm. i get i i get caught yeah. up in that sometimes where it's like oh so and so is doing this or maybe that's what i need to do more of in order for me to get to where i need to get to but it's true everyone has a different journey and that's what just makes us all so different yeah. and so unique the fact that we all have to take different steps to get mm -hmm. to where we need to get to and it's just embracing it and embracing the season that you're yeah. in as well and that season might be hard yeah do you know what i mean like it's a hard season yeah. like when you spoke about going to meet with someone and with 575 575 <laughs> do you know what i mean that's really really hard and that's yeah. probably something like a lot of people don't know yeah. but that's part of your journey yeah. and that's like what's 
that's part of who you are yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? If you didn't go through that, maybe it would be different, yeah. you know? And if you didn't go through your break, maybe yeah. it'll be different as well. Yeah. Like maybe some people don't need a break, yeah. but everything is different for different people and completely. that's completely okay. Yeah. So the idea of that, like, your friend knowing that on a day-to-day basis, yeah. and that's what's actually quite, yeah. it's quite scary actually, yeah. the fact that you are doing something so impactful, yeah. helping people, changing yeah. people's lives, but social media will make you feel like you're not doing anything yeah. because it's not flashy and you're yeah. not at, I saw it first, yeah. then, you know, which is great. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like you just suddenly feel irrelevant. Yeah. But what you're doing is so, so relevant, important. you know, and it's so important. So that is kind of, that is kind of scary, yeah. actually. Really scary. So how did you guys go about one? When, when did you decide that you wanted to write a book? Um. So again, I think realising that, Sometimes we have dreams and sometimes they're for now, sometimes they're for later. So we had actually said about two years ago that we'd love to write a book together, but in around four to five years. So when we're married, settled, <laughs> like life is comfortable. I love that. Four to five years from now. And I guess for me, that's why, one, I think social media can be really powerful too, but I think it's important to also portray yourself, almost to see your account if you have, public account as your kind of personal billboard in a way Mm -hmm. so portraying yourself in a way that you want people to see you so if you want to be taken seriously not that you have to have a super serious account but also share your value share what you're interested in Mm -hmm. so we had no idea that same thing about people watching you our publisher now had been following me on instagram didn't have a clue who they were Mm -hmm. and they're the oldest publisher in the uk so then approached and said you know we've been watching your instagram and like some of your youtube videos and been reading your blog we'd really love to chat to you about whether you're interested in writing a book this was in the middle of like planning our wedding which is incredibly stressful so i was like one this is amazing but given that we'd said to god our timeline is in like five years. years oh four two five years oh, is it 45 years <laughs> i was like when god like you're 45 years early like come on we're meant to be in our 60s and we're doing our book <laughs> um so yeah we were obviously really shocked and the fact yeah. that that had come from social media where well, we didn't even know that they that i didn't even amazing. know who they were so yeah. i didn't know that they were reading anything um so yeah that came about and was very looking back was a very stressful experience and again I think things look easier than they are yeah. so we didn't live together at the time before we got married so but we were trying to co-author a book together have very different writing styles so I would get up and write between like five to seven seven in the morning before I went to work wow. and then my husband who works in the city he would get home at like eight nine take an hour to like eat dinner and then he would write for like three four hours late into the night um and then we'd meet up with our publisher to then like go through the millions of things that were not right because obviously it was our first time yeah um so yeah in the end we actually our deadline became like two months to write the book as well as planning a wedding and also trying to sort out a million and one other things wow wow (laughs) that is mad like from your instagram how fascinating is that like i just can't believe that because i think like even now there's like so many people that i save as like people that i want to connect with with magpie or in the future interview and i probably might not contact those people for like two to three years but you never know who's like watching what you're doing yeah that's amazing wow see i was about to ask like what's been the most challenging thing that you've 
like gone through but that sounds like it was really challenging but then I've still asked the question like what in this in your journey so far in terms of you know you've gone from you know um like being working in the politics and uni which was just hard because you didn't like it (laughs) into fashion building your own magazine like doing the events with it and now you've actually got like a building so what has been like a challenging moment for you and how did you overcome it i know you mentioned a bit earlier but has there been any other challenging moments that you've had that you've been like whoa this is a lot so two challenging moments i guess the first is just the nature of our vision that is faith-based but we're trying to be out in the culture space so one you get told no 10 times more than you get told yes whether it's that people feel nervous to work with you because they're like oh I'm not really sure about religion Mm. um and that can be hard because obviously we completely respect everybody's personal views but we also know that like there's a standard we're trying to aspire to and there's certain people who know how to deliver that standard um so I think for me one just the resilience of like even now the next issue is coming out in less than two months Mm -hmm. and we're still trying to finalize like three of the big interviews so knowing that you're just constantly in this stage where you're just hearing no every day where you just have to build up that resilience but sometimes it feels like oh like (laughs) this is just a lot on like and even today it was like we're trying to sort out a beautiful location for tomorrow gifted by a PR company but obviously like it was very last minute and they said no so in my head I'm thinking like right after this I'm going to like try and find location for a shoot that's 8am tomorrow um so I think yeah just being told no and because we're a startup it's not that you just have like oh we'll pay you 10,000 pounds yeah 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 it's always easier isn't it if you've got like the massive cash you can be like well hey yeah (laughs) full day shoot they're not gonna say no yeah um so yeah I think that's hard and then I think a lot of founders would relate is just finding the right people to work with and execute your vision because I can't remember I heard it but three things chemistry character and competence Mm. and I think my where I've been burnt is purely just looking for either chemistry or competence Mm. and when you get burnt it really does sting like when you know that you've put everything into like yeah wanting to empower people even kind of sacrificing stuff that your organizational business actually needs because you're like no we're going to put this into other people and people sometimes can just like surprise you with all kinds of Mm. peculiar behavior yeah yeah Um, (laughs) and I think for me the thing that my dad always said is have a thick skin but a soft heart which I Mm. find particularly difficult when you feel like just betrayal in and that is I think for women as well, we can be very nurturing. So when you experience that in a work context, Mm. it's just like, this is really devastating. Um, So I think, yeah, I found that particularly hard and as like strong and resilient as I want to be. Some things will literally feel like you're going to be broken from this. And when it's people that's involved, because obviously people is why we do what we do. But then, you know, we're all human. People make mistakes, but people... I think for me, it's just the unpredictability of how people's behaviour can surprise you. I find sometimes very challenging and just, yeah, yeah, always praying for wisdom that, God, the people you want us to work with, open those doors. People that you don't want us to work with, close those doors. It's really important. And those closed doors can be really hard sometimes, (laughs) you know, because you might not even want it to close. It's like, oh, God, that's random. Like. I weren't expecting that one to close. Take this one instead, you know. Because so. I, I was talking to a girl who came up to me. She's a founder as well. And her business, sadly, 
she'd partnered with someone and ended up losing like tens of thousands of pounds as a result of it. And I was like, oh God, well, maybe God, you have actually really saved me because yeah, that yeah. didn't happen to us. But I just hear, because I speak at so many founders events, you just hear so many horror stories that yeah. you're just like, wow. Because you also know, like for that founder, I would have, even though I didn't know her business inside out, I could only imagine what she would have put in to birth that business. Yeah. Like she's left, she had a high paying job. She left it so wow. that she could pursue this. And then obviously that person who tried to ruin her business, they've just got on with their life and she's not big enough to be like taking them to court. Yeah. Um. So I think for me, I just always really feel the pain of founders because I also know being on the other side, when you work for someone, I probably did it when I was at L'Oreal, how you're like, oh, my manager's not doing this right. Like she should be doing it this yeah. way. When you're not in the driving seat, it's very easy to be like, they should be doing this, yeah, they should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess it's like, you don't, you can never desire it but sometimes you just have to make really hard calls as a founder mm, yeah. and you're not in a position where everyone might understand that and yeah. that can cost you relationships and that is just very painful but I yeah. think from talking to a lot of my mentors they just have also encouraged me with like when you're the head of a business or an organization your first job is to steward that organization mm. And so, you know, that girl that was talking to me, she might have wanted to keep that person and that she said she probably kept them on longer because she had compassion. But in the end, that ended up losing her business 50 grand. So I think, yeah, for me, I find it a hard tension, a tightrope to walk where you want to be kind to people and be compassionate. But Mm. equally, you have to put your your organization first and sometimes yeah. that means making hard decisions yeah yeah i can yeah. definitely relate yeah, to that. yeah it's, it's just so many lessons yeah. that i've learned in probably the last i always say the last 18 months has yeah. just been a massive roller coaster yeah. and some of the things that you've mentioned are just things that i've definitely been mm-hmm. through like you know like having someone work for you and yeah. you think oh actually we can be friends yeah. and then you're like telling them <laughs> I think there was one time I was really stressed and I was saying to a girl that's working with me and I was like, yeah, do you know what? I've been so stressed. I didn't even realise payday is tomorrow. Like, it's crazy kind of thing. And then she threw it back in my face. Like, a couple months later when things weren't, like, things, like, got insane. And she said, she said to someone, she was like, yeah, I mean, she doesn't even know what she's doing. Like, could you believe that she even forgot that it was payday? And I was like... Sis, I didn't like forget, forget what I was saying is that like things are so stressful. That things are so stressful and things are moving so quickly and I'm stressed because I know payday is coming. So it's not like I forgot I'm having such a great time. Like I forgot payday is coming. But it that reminded me, like during that season, I said to myself, Do you know what? I'm never gonna cause like I remember I had another girl say to me, um, yeah, we've all bonded um because of how much we don't like you. And I allowed her to say that to my face. And I was just like, no, I'm never doing that again. I'm never given that kind of access where (laughs) you think I'm a robot and you can just say these really mean things to me and it's just okay. But it's just that thing, it hurts more when you're actually being kind and like you're trying to say to people, yo, like, I know that I'm doing this and it might seem like it's just for me, but this is for us. Like, I want us all to be empowered. Like, I want... I want to eat and I want you guys to eat and it's important to me that you guys eat but we need to kind of go through this so that we can can get to that stage where everyone is enjoying but sometimes they just don't get it and it's like what can you do? And I think for me that's the hard lesson I learn is that if people don't get it, then they're not supposed to be working Exactly. Here. Whereas for me, I would be like... Forcing it. Forcing yeah. it. When yeah. actually... No. <laughs> You're just not meant to be here. And you know, I didn't know how to let someone go until last year. 
before I would wait for people to leave. Yeah. I would just be like, do you know what, God? <laughs> They're not meant to be here. Just let them go. Okay, I don't want to send the email. I don't want to do it. But yeah. actually, it means you're... Um, Allowing people to stay longer yeah. than they should, and then they stay longer and they cause more Pro- damage problems, yeah. and more problems. And that's what happened to me. Like yeah. it just caused problems, yeah. like problems that I, I don't know how <laughs> I even like got through it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But problems. So yeah. it's important to know when to just put your feelings yeah. aside and say, "Look, my business is yeah. the most important thing mm. in this situation. I'm going to say it in the nicest way yeah. possible." But that's the reality. But you have yeah. to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to go. So what made you decide that you needed a bill? Because like in this mm. climate, I've spoken to a lot of people yeah. that actually have magazines yeah. and you see like magazines actually closing down yeah. like and saying we can't do it anymore. Yeah. We can't afford it anymore. And like yours is very, like is very unique. Mm, yeah. So uh, in a time when people are like closing <laughs> down, like you're like thriving yeah. in terms of like expanding, mm. like what made you decide that's, that was the next yeah. step for you guys? I guess for me is that I've always seen it about building a 360 platform. So where mm. the magazine, I would say it's like our cherry on top and like our flagship product. But within that, we have to have a number of things to sustain that. So mm. people and building relationships are like crucial to what we do as an organization so for us events now we're getting to the point where we're running three to four events a week wow and that is i guess we've also seen that like the type of organization we have social media we cannot rely on that because for me i find running a business account very stressful because it's not the same with the person like i love your instagram but like with (laughs) instagrams you can like be yourself whereas when you're running a business account there's like the tone of voice in different things it's very hard to like communicate that um so I think for us, we've seen that like offering a range of events. So whether it's masterclasses that are for women to do with business or careers or roundtables that are more intimate and people who are influencing their industries mm. or Magpie Mondays, it just means that we're creating more of like a base that then those people are so impacted that they then tell their networks at work, mm. their friendship groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that then when we have a magazine, it's like you've got a committed audience who already invested because mm. you've made them feel a certain way. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if you're a magazine, magazine that's just a magazine i can yeah. see that that is very difficult to sustain in today's yeah, world yeah. because people are like why should i pay for that when i can get it free, free online exactly. yeah. um so i think for us it's about building a platform and a community where also we're basically creating ambassadors through what we're doing so mm. people feel like i want to champion the magpie cause in my workplace in mm. my family in my house um yeah for us has been important because i think a magazine as a standalone thing is very difficult in today's yeah. climate yeah i agree yeah. it really is was it difficult finding that place because it's it's such a unique building yeah. it's like three yeah. floors it's beautiful so what kind of challenges did you face when you were because i know it's one yeah. thing to say i want to have a building yeah. right and it's another thing to actually find something yeah. that actually matches what you want so how was that for you so i think again going back to like sometimes we have an idea it doesn't mean it needs to happen now so so six years from last year so 2014 i wrote in my business journal i want to have magpie houses in main cities around the world mm. literally that they look like houses yeah Obviously, in 2014, we had absolutely zero pence. Um, (laughs) So then when we started looking for office, we were actually looking for like WeWorks and different things, but they were like so expensive. And at that time, there was two of us before there was four. Mm -hmm. So I was like, even the places that were two were like 2,000 pounds excluding VAT. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so I was like this doesn't make any sense because even if we have like a volunteer over summer we would need to pay for a desk for them for like five six hundred pounds yeah so that then with events we'd have to be hiring we'd already had such bad experiences of being gifted venues for events and then like the venue cancelling like a week before after you sold tickets so I was like we just need somewhere where we can like do different things and randomly I just said oh let me look inside commercial property never heard anything about it really Mm. then found this space that the landlord he had never rented it out before but has had the building for like 30 years and literally like we came in on a Tuesday he said that he there was like another company that came but we were like no this, yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is for us <laughs> um so it still took like six months like finalize the lease but again it was never something that was never our intention it was more like to look for the we work spaces whereas we've just been really blessed given like the rate the area is like perfect location yeah. where we're basically near like seven different rail stations um, line stations so yeah I just feel really blessed but also knowing that when God gives you a dream don't discount that even if it doesn't happen now because Mm. my thing was really about having a hub that people could come into and actually feel like they're at home but where we could do different things whether it's small shoots or have an office or do meetings or events yeah yeah um so yeah definitely and the road is what's the road again holy well road yeah holy well so it's holy well the adjacent street is worship street the adjacent street is tabernacle street so it was Uh, literally like church district yeah (laughs) so literally and i think for me that was a big thing was i can't remember the year i'm not a historian but there used to be a time where that was a very faith-centered district in that place and so i really see it as like reclaiming it for faith in such a beautiful way i feel really honored that we are there that's amazing like and every time it's like like they've been around for years like 30 years ago 150 years ago like you just get these things that's like got so much history behind it even like down to the school that you went to that's so and i think like that's that's another thing i've also learned from my parents as much as they encourage me they always say that you know our generation we always think we're the first to do everything Mm. and like no one has come before us and we just like arrived and changed everything but also just like I've always loved learning lessons from people that have gone before. I think that's why yeah. I've always loved mentors or I just love watching like interviews with people like Oprah where she talks about 30 years ago, this is what she's doing yeah, yeah. and this is what she's had to get through, get go through to become who she is today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just so important to always have an attitude of humility where every day I still feel like in the magazine industry we have no idea what we're doing mm. even though we're five issues in you see people I want to know from people who have done 500 issues of the magazine mm. and they're still going and be like yeah how yeah. did they <laughs> how did they do yeah it? yeah um and I think like that's a big thing with our events particularly the masterclasses as much as it's often super stressful to find speakers we would probably always pride ourselves on the fact that we try to try to choose speakers who are of such a high caliber and probably are not our age are like where we want to be in 20 years um because i think it's easy to over the short term short like if someone's been doing something for a year and it might be popping on instagram but you don't necessarily know in like five years will that person still be there exactly Um, exactly and i think it then just over more time allows you to be more reflective about your journey Mm. um yeah yeah that's so true yeah because you don't know and I always say like my dad says it to me all the time like you need to understand that there are seasons and it's unavoidable it's about what do you do to prepare for each season and that's why it's important to not treat people in a bad way because you know what 
there's a lady actually i'll say the story there's mm. a girl like so where we used to live before mm. there was a lady that used mm. to clean our house and she couldn't speak a lot of english yeah. but my dad's always been a type of person and i guess it's a great thing yeah. but sometimes it's like come on dad, <laughs> like um he sees the best in everyone yeah. so he could meet someone they may have never been a manager mm. in their entire life but he would see a quality in them and say do you know what I feel like you could be a manager. Wow. You're the manager of my company now. Wow. And that's it. Do you know what I mean? They may not have the qualification yeah. or anything, but he just believes that if he's talking to you and helping yeah. you, if he guides you, you'd be yeah. able to be that be person. That person. Yeah. And it's amazing. So th- with this woman, yeah. she was so lovely. Yeah. And um, he just he just was like, no, I feel like you can be so much more. And he right. did this. With, he actually did this with every cleaner wow. that came. And to the point, it got to the point we didn't have anyone anymore. <laughs> um, and he'll just be like, no, you know what? you've got a lot of potential. So he'll be talking, wow. like talking to her and stuff like that. And then she'll be talking about things that she wants to do. Yeah. And she was going to school for English at the time and she was getting better. Her yeah. English was getting better. She was having conversations with us as well. Really, yeah. really amazing woman. And um, eventually, like she was, my dad was like, you know what? I think you should get into property. Wow. This woman has never done property before <laughs> at all he was like i think you should get into property do you know that if you do this course you do that course you'd be able to do it this that that and my dad does properties wow. so that's what she went to go and do and mind you I, like i said she had never dri- like she wasn't driving yeah. at this time she had never studied properties before wow. but this woman was so determined she got her qualifications there's like a, a course yeah. like a little course that you have to do to qualify as an yeah. estate agent she did both levels wow. she passed did her driving test past wow and now like she it works for in lettings with my dad but on on top of that like her and her husband just bought their first house wow amazing and it's like you don't know and this was probably about maybe five years ago still so recent so recent and it's like you do not know wow where someone is going to go so you could see someone and they're an intern right and that's what they are right now they don't have the qualifications to do anything they're just an intern like quote unquote just an intern but you don't know where they're going to be in five years time in five years time they could be the person that is holding the key for you to get an opportunity that's going to change your business you you know know. so how you treat people is so important important. you do not know what season you're going to be in. you can be up today and and then tomorrow (laughs) you're down like it's just it's just life so that is that journey with magnify house is amazing because six years ago it was just on a piece of paper and now it's actually a thing and for you guys listening if you go to magnify house like the first time i walked in i was like whoa like it was beautiful it feels like you're in new york i feel it's got a really New York vibe yeah. to it. So um, it's just amazing. So congratulations oh, with so that much. because I don't know how, <laughs> like I said, everything you do is with excellence. Like, And I don't know how you do it, but it's inspired me. Yeah. I've actually mm-hmm. seen, I've come to your event before mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I need to add excellence to yeah. the salon. I want people to describe me <laughs> as someone that does things with excellence because well, everyone at your event that time that we yeah. went to was like she does things with excellence oh, all of you. us on the table were like roof if you know she's doing something you know it's gonna be it's gonna be good <laughs> so yeah thank you so much for coming on today oh, i think my last thing that i'm going to say i feel like i've been talking so much it escaped no. my mind but um i think what would just be maybe like three things that you would tell someone actually two things i'm gonna say in hindsight because hindsight's a beautiful thing like what would you have done differently in regards to this journey that you've been on in terms of starting magnify like what steps would you have taken differently before doing a startup 
don't make decisions when you're in a rush because that that can be costly afterwards Mm. and then two keep your heart pure so even when people go whether they go well or they go burning the building on the way out um (laughs) Just bless them as they go and release them in your heart. Mm. Um, Because I think for me, especially in the early years, I just found it so painful Mm. whenever people would ghost or they would leave. It just Mm. would literally like tear me up inside. Um, And yeah, I've just learned from a lot of people that if you want to build something that's going to be a century old, that's going to be in every country in the world, you do not have time to be carrying that level Mm. of baggage around with you. Yeah. so yeah, don't make decisions under pressure and bless people as they go. Mm. Um, what would I say? Anything? And then also thirdly, embrace the season that you're in mm. um, and whatever steps you need to take to ensure that. So for me, it really was after we got married was getting off Instagram for four months. And that's so I genuinely love Instagram. I, I use it like Google. Yeah. But I knew that I just got married, so one, I want to focus on my marriage. Two, yeah. we've just moved into this building. I need to focus on like everything that comes with that. Yeah. Because I just think no matter how strong you think you are, social media just encourages comparison and distraction yeah, on like yeah, a yeah. minute by minute basis. So whatever season you're in, however you need to focus, just be committed to taking out things that don't allow you to do that. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm just going to round it up yeah. there. That's, <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you so much, guys, um, for listening. Yeah. And don't forget to stay in touch, like give us feedback. And I'll put all the details in the bio, how you can stay in touch with Rube, how you can get to know um, Magnify. They've got a new issue coming out soon. Yeah. So mm. definitely stay tuned to hear not stay tuned like here but just like have your eyes open for when that comes out and yeah all right bye guys